This Podcast Movement 2022 audio session is brought to you by Supporting Cast, the best way to sell and deliver exclusive podcasts. And special thanks to PM22 Virtual Ticket Presenting Sponsor, Amazon Music. Hi, everyone. My name is Sim Sarna, and I am the founder and CEO of Cloud10 Media. We are a network of over 60 shows across all categories. Um, we are currently ranked in the top 15 um, uh, on the Triton rankings for total downloads per month. Uh, we have a deal with iHeartMedia for distribution. And I also teach, oh, where's my clicker? I also teach at USC, and I have for about six years now, a class called Creating the Hit Podcast. And I'm so excited to introduce our guests here. Um, who cares about that slide? <laughs> All right, and so... Today, it's, we're going to be talking to Woody, Heather, and Christy about spinoff podcasts. So we'll, we'll meet them in a second. But the one thing you need to understand is, you know, to, to launch a successful spinoff podcast, you need a successful podcast to start. And these two have, these two groups here, these two, three people here have amazing podcasts. They, um, I would say they have done millions and millions of downloads Right? That's yes. correct. And yeah, yeah, we have. Ranked, I mean, I know for a fact you have. No, yes, I yes. I looked at all the stats. Um, and, uh, and so let's just go to the next one here. Let's just talk. Let's introduce you first. Sorry. So, Woody, I want to let's tell us what real life real crime is and tell, tell us about your, your background as well. Hey, everybody. I'm Woody Overton, host of Real Life Real Crime, the podcast, and Sports Justice podcast. I was a career law enforcement veteran uh, and a retired as longtime homicide detective. And then I became an expert in all U.S. federal courts as a law enforcement uh, witness and yeah, expert. So the, as far as the podcast getting started, pure accident. Uh, I didn't know what a podcast was four years ago. And I was, flew in, taking my wife to the coast for the weekend because I was always traveling and driving out of the parish. And I passed some place I worked on murder at and I started telling a story. And she said, hey. Everybody loves your voice and everybody loves your stories. You need to start a podcast. I'm like, I don't even know what that is. So, that was, so play it for me, right? So uh, in retrospect, you know, I was listening to these stories, the scripted stories, et cetera, and I, I decided, okay, I'll tell a story, but my own story, and I have a photographic memory and where I bring the people inside the crime scene tape and get to tell them what I saw and smelt and felt and getting the confessions from the bad guys and things like that. And it's obviously we, you know, we had mad success in five months. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into all of that. Um, because you offer such a unique perspective on your show. I mean, because of your background. Um, and, uh, and we'll talk about all of the, uh, I mean, you, you solve cases. Yeah. You, I mean, you, I mean, you do that. You're a podcaster that helps the police solve their cases. It's amazing. Yeah, it is. Um, I've been blessed. So, Scorch Justice, you know, tell us just, uh, what the show is about, in your own words. Scorch Justice came about because of the I have solved cold cases using crowdsourcing on the podcast, and so I would get I get requests every day from all over the globe. People wanted me to look at their cases, their families' cases, but also the uh, some of the most popular cases in U.S. history, which I didn't know anything about because I don't watch the news, right? Um, but this one case, Jessica Chambers and, and Mandy, that were both murdered, and, and I, I looked into it, and you and I talked about it, and I was like, holy smokes, right? And th this case is so messed up, and we call it scorched. And I was able to go in and 
with partnership with you, and we produced an excellent show. But the, I got to tell the inside expert, not always politically correct and everything else, I just told him the Woody Overton spin on it. Amazing. And we're going to get into why and how that's a spinoff of Real Life, Real Crime, which is your original show. Um, so here's a little clip of Scorch Justice. I guess not. Well, you could subscribe on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, no. All right. We'll just, we'll, we'll, we'll just, I guess, you know what? Please subscribe and listen to the show. It's, a, it's amazing. Uh, so anyway, Sinisterhood, you guys are incredible. This is a completely different type of show. So talk about Sinisterhood now. What, what is the show and how did it come about? Sure. Uh, so we are a comedy podcast that covers all things kind of macabre and, and spooky. But when we do cover true crime cases, we always tell our, our listeners at the top, this isn't going to be a funny one. We're taking it seriously. I'm an attorney. And so we come at it from a explanatory perspective, especially when there's trials involved and things like that with the true crime aspect. But because our listeners really like um, our relationship and the discussion we have and Chrissy asks really amazing questions and gets to the bottom of the details like it's out there we got to just find it so we're we don't take I don't know for an answer when we're looking for something and unless we have to in which case we say boy we've looked at everything this information just isn't out there and so we love primary source research reading trial transcripts reading appellate briefs things like that when we cover the true crime cases but because we have op I mean from the day one we've opened the show to anything that could be unexplained or a phenomenon, things like that. Freaky Friday was kind of a natural. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk about your spinoff, which is Freaky Friday. Now, the the difference here is that Scorch Justice is released on its own separate RSS feed, and and Freaky Friday is released on the same feed but on Fridays. And your original show drops on Monday, right? Tuesday. Wednesdays. Wednesday. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. I should know that. That's I okay. Know that. <laughs> sorry. Um, so. So let's, let's just go to uh, the next one here. So what, tell us what Freaky Friday is. Well, Freaky Friday is all listener stories. So listeners can submit their freaky stories. We say, you know, if you've had an encounter with Bigfoot, if you've had a brush with true crime, if you've seen a UFO, anything like that, they can submit it on our website. And then we go through them and, and pick six for each Friday. And I read three and Heather reads three. And so it's a light lift for us. But it's a really nice way to connect with our fans because they feel like they're you know, they're contributing, they love hearing their stories on the show, and it's, um, it's a nice way to cover kind of all things creepy, and, and so we mix it up, we have, like, some fun stuff, and there's some, like, not fun stuff that we hear about, too, but, um, it's been really fun for us, and we've seen almost the same amount of downloads as our main show, so it's, it's nice. Fantastic. Uh, so, I don't know if the clip's gonna work here, let's see. This is from Jamie. I don't oh, know how this scary this is because Sorry, I've tried Woody. to tell it at bars and no one cares. But Lord, did it scare me. I used to use a sleep recording app and I had started using it during quarantine again. I live alone. I do not use my phone at night and I know this is not my voice. It freaked me out even more because it's definitely so clear that it isn't my voice and it also says phrases that I tend to say when I'm scared. My reaction to everything is, ew, I hate that. The app I used also shows you when you're in different sleep stages. 
And at this point, I was in deep, deep sleep. Needless to say, I never used the app again. Here's the audio. I've heard it. I'm going to listen to it for the first time. I'm going to watch your face. <laughs> oh, my God. Ew. <laughs> Was my reaction last night by myself. <laughs> Heather's out of her chair. She's so freaked out. Oh my God. I wish I was with you so I could comfort you. Oh no. She's gonna I cry. She's so, so scared. She's so oh don't cry, don't cry. <laughs> what is it? I know, right? I'm the resident scaredy cat on the show, so uh, and while it is a light lift as far as sharing stories, it does definitely creep us out sometimes, but like Chrissy said, it's a great way to connect with listeners, and once that listener sent that in and we got to hear the sleep app audio, she got an answer. It's That's a TikTok sound that maybe her phone automatically played, but because we put it on Freaky Friday and shared it with everybody, it's like crowdsourcing the answer of like, this crazy thing happened to me, no one ever believes me, and we get people DMing us or like commenting on our social media oh my gosh the same thing happened to me so people writing in of this like eerie inexplicable thing sometimes there's an explanation other times it's aliens I mean come on that's just come on uh, let's talk about how and why you started the, the spinoff like so first of all I, I mean not everyone I mean I, I get pitched spinoffs all the time and not everyone should do a spinoff there has to be a real reason you have to really have to justify it um, I think the most important is you have to have that engaged and loyal audience first that would that would want another show because maybe they they won't even. Ex I mean, I've I've seen spinoff shows where the audience won't even accept it. So um, I want to know what was like what was going through your pro I mean, this is for all of you. Um, what was going through your minds when you decided, hey, maybe we should do a spinoff show and why? The fans wanted it, and then they wanted me to put the Woody Overton spin on a nationally known case. Now, Jessica Chambers' case had been in the top 50 for seven or eight years. And it was done on Oxygen Network, et cetera. But I went and looked at it. I was like, holy smokes, right? And I can really do something with this and really tell them where they messed up. There were, there were two mistrials on the original murder, and then another girl got murdered because the guy walked free, and now he's sitting in jail for it. But I didn't hold any punches. And I'm retired law enforcement. I believe blue. But they killed it and the I, I basically let the fans choose which one they wanted and then they said this case is so horrible we want to hear your spin yeah so yeah so i remember you and i were talking about this and and we were trying to figure out how we can do a spin-off and because your show is it's every single week it's a different case right and i and you knew that this case couldn't really be covered in just one episode so it needed to be at least, you know, we did what, eight episodes? We did 10. 10 episodes. And, uh, and you told the story, only, only, the only way you can tell a story over 10 episodes. And, um, and it was necessary to tell that entire story. Now, as, um, you know, as, a, as, as someone who runs a, a, a studio, um, it's really hard for me to green light just a 10 episode series. It's just really hard because, um, as you all know, it takes a long time to grow your, your audience. Um, and after 10 episodes, I mean, from a financial aspect, you know, you, maybe you can sell the 10 episodes, but you know, you mean, then you're, you're done. So when we, and I talked to you about this, I said that we want, I want to make sure that your feed always stays alive. So we talked about, you know, doing, 
uh, doing another case after that and another case after that. So um, we're, we're trying not to have too much you know, downtime in between uh, so the feed is com completely dark. So we do, you do previews, maybe you can put your real life real crime on there just and do teasers, all sorts of stuff to, to kind of keep people in that feed and keep it while, while the, the new the new case is, 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 is uh, being written, right? And, and you were genius on that. And you said sometimes it'll take two, maybe three seasons for it's yeah. one. But, the, uh, you know, we had such success with it. And we've already dropped the teaser on a season two, which Darley Routier, Death Row Mom. And the fans are, they, they, oh, we, we want to hear this, right? Yeah. Uh, so the, the fan base said, well, what's really interesting, like you said, to, to try to keep it um to the forefront is even though I said season two is going to be this long in coming, every day we get new listeners and they're messaging, hey, I just binged this. When season two? It's because they missed the other part. So but it's, you know, very interesting. Uh, you know, your knowledge on when getting me into the second show, priceless. Uh, but, but the fans love it. Yeah, I love I love telling the stories from my perspective. Oh, I mean, the feedback has just been phenomenal, and I'm so glad right. we get to keep doing this. You know, because yeah, if amazing. it didn't work, we said, "Well, you said we'll just stop it, and then we won't. We'll just do a one season, and that's and absolutely." That's it. And, and it's the difference between real life for crime and scorch justice is real life for crime. I'm raw and unscripted. It's my story. Scorch justice. It's the stories everybody knows, but I still get to put my spin on it. Exactly, and you know, part one of the benefits of being with a network um, like Cloud Ten, like so many other great networks, is that uh, is the um, ongoing promotion. So we have you know a strong base of shows to promote against. So when um, whenever we launch a new show or a new show comes onto the network, we would um, uh, promo it across all of the unsold inventory of the uh, of the network, and um, and we would do different promo swaps and alignments and um, and that's that's something that we I know I'm, we've grown shows that way and we've worked with with you on sinister and other other similar shows as well um, so all of that is really really important in order to get people over from one feed to another you're trying to you know trying to get not only your existing audience but a new audience as well so um, so it's important to put and I know you've done a good job of this but promoting uh, scorch justice on real life real crime always by you know Feed drops, promos, all of that stuff, constant, just to get them get them over. And what else do you do for promotion? Well, we, we have our own app for Real Life Real Crime, so we all score justice in there. But 8 to 12 hours a day interacting with the fans, I answer everybody. And that's, you know, I think, I know that's why Real Life Real, Real Crime took off and had such success. And people were like, oh, you need to hire somebody to act like it's you and answer social media. I'm like, I'm not doing that. But back to the score justice part real quick, Real Life Real Crime, gets a lot more because people didn't know about real life real crime found scorch justice because you cross promoting with your other shows and therefore they're like holy smokes we like this guy so we go back and real life real crime is grown exponentially also in like 20 million downloads so yeah. incredible uh, so different challenge okay i mean it's also easier it's also in a lot of ways difficult when you're releasing a, a, a spin-off show on the same feed because you know you um because you don't, you also don't want to get to the point of you know releasing too much content for, and so it's all about you know the uh, how do you find that strike that balance with your with your audience and what they want and and, and what they don't want. I think our shows, but the spinoff because it's based on listeners. You know, we couldn't have even done it had we not had a good listener base. 
but because it's their stories, I think they're inclined to listen because they want to know if their stories are being told. So it's it's kind of a, a loophole. We've <laughs> we've tricked them into listening to our second show because it's all their stuff. But yeah, we came up with the idea just because we were at dinner one night and my father-in-law was there and he was telling us about an encounter he had with a ghost. And we were like, these would be fun to tell on the air. We should just, and we just decided right then. And the next day we started doing it, which is how we do a lot of stuff. We just yes. come up with an idea and then we're like, that sounds fun. Let's do it. Yeah, we should do that. It was such a riveting story that he was telling. He's a phenomenal storyteller. And we asked him, do you mind typing that out and sending it in? And he sent us two. So our very first episode, the first two stories are from George Brown, who is like one of our biggest cheerleaders. Every show on tour, he tries to come to, he shows up in his sinisterhood hat. Like he is like our team dad. And so it was very sweet that we got to start the show off because his story inspired us. And that was the very first story on the, on the new, the new show. And you also both, I mean, both shows also have a Patreon as well. Right. So let's talk about that. So not only do you have a spinoff show on another feed and you have a spinoff show on your own feed, but you also have a separate Patreon show as well. So explain that and how, how that all kind of works together and how you promote all the Patreon as well. We started uh, in the beginning. Somebody messaged me and said, are you going to have Patreon? I'm like, sure we will. I didn't know what that was. Right. <laughs> so we had to look it up and we grew it and we grew it uh, the different tiers Everything from, you know, the lowest tiers to the highest tier, you get discount, or early advance purchase tickets for our live shows, et cetera. But when we started the app, we started a separate level. It's not actually Patreon, but it's done through the app, and we call them convicts, and they have different levels. So we're doing it on, on both sources, and that gets you commercial-free early releases, bonus episodes, different things, the higher the level, you know, more a sticker, shirt, whatever, uh, early access uh, to the shows that are going to sell out. So it's been very, very successful. That's a huge part of what we do. Talk about your strategy. Sure. On Patreon, just like with Freaky Friday, we like things that will highlight our interaction with each other because that's what our listeners really love. We love telling the stories on our main feed, and that's obviously our biggest focus. But part of that is anytime we have, you know, we're improvisers, and they teach you, like, A to C thinking. So we'll hear something that makes us think of something that makes us think of something else. And so Freaky Friday gives us a chance to kind of banter and interact. And then on Patreon, we have a variety of different types of segments that we rotate through because frankly sometimes we just didn't want to do the same thing all the time we'll just get bored and if it's if we're bored it's going to sound stale and so we've we were able to develop like we started out with mixed bags where we would just bring three things we were into that week whether it was wine or a tv show or a nail polish or we went to a restaurant in town whatever we were into and then after that we were like we're only into so much stuff uh, so we've now expanded into stuff that can kind of highlight our our comedy backgrounds and one of the big hit ones that I've ever loves is called Judge Christie, where I either bring stories um, from the news, like we had, uh, like we'll just pull like wild lawsuits or whatever, and then I'll give her the facts and each side, and then she'll she'll ask me questions. She'll be like, all right, bailiff, I have this question. Um, but then we kind of talk through the legalities of those, and then the most that everybody loves, the most popular, is when they bring petty grievances to Judge Christie, and she is able to rule on, like, who, if you should keep a trash can in your bathroom, this lady was mad, her husband was sleeping in jeans, which, wow, what a question. But it's funny. And then when we go on the road, they they do them live. So for our Patreon, we have content that highlights our 
comedic interaction because people love that. And if we're doing a serious show on the main feed, they're not going to get that. So it's something that they're going to get the great story, but not that comedy. And so, and like us kind of relaxed and it's very personal, but it's very a light lift. So it'll be, we'll read like Reddit um, relationship advice or am I the asshole or uh, unpopular opinions. And they, then it's like what, what he was saying with the fans just tell you what they want. Like they started emailing us or posting on our Patreon Facebook group links to these articles and they're like, can you believe this? So we'll do like true crime headlines. So if there's big, you know, an update in a case we've done, or usually it's just a case we've never touched, but they're, it's out and everybody, it's like on everybody's feed as their, you know, a headline. And so we'll talk about it just because they asked us to. So it's kind of like dealer's choice. I, I want to talk more about fan engagement. Um, because there's a process to it, I think. And I want to know, what, what do you do? And how often are you engaging with your fans? I think it's super important. We engage with them daily. Heather takes care of all of our socials. So if you're DMing our Instagram or posting on our Patreon Facebook group, she's the one answering all that. I handle all the emails and then everything on Patreon too. So there's a lot of interaction on our Patreon just from comments from when we post a new segment or in our ad-free episodes go up there too. So they'll comment there about the episodes. So we interact with them a lot and kind of like Woody said, we don't, want that to go away because that's how we connect with them because we're you know we're performers and we're used to performing in front of a live audience but with podcasting you don't have that so to really connect with them and form those relationships I think it's really important to interact with them any way you can so what are the platforms that you use Facebook and Facebook Twitter uh, Instagram TikTok mm -hmm. to YouTube. YouTube And have you considered Discord or any of the others? Oh, we also use Discord. Yeah, that's integrated through uh, Patreon, so that's a benefit they get. Woody? We have so many that it's hard to keep up with them, right? Discord, uh, of course, the app is a big one. But, like, I have, like, five or six different Facebook pages. One of them has is a private group um, with, like, 39,000 members in it. But the – so it's everywhere. Instagram, but, um, gosh, TikTok – you, you name it, but the, I totally believe, and I know in my heart, it's the personal interaction that, you know, people think, I didn't even know fangirling was a term, right? <laughs> that people come up and, like, oh, can I take a picture with you? I'm like, no, no, no. you're not bothering me. I love you loving me, right? I wouldn't have a show if it wasn't for you. So I, I, I think putting, putting the human face and taking the time and the moment, no matter where you are or what you're doing, uh, try to respond, and I get a lot of questions, of course, like law enforcement questions, and then people message me this, I, you know, this case, I died my family, my brother, sister, and I'll try to help them if I can. So I, fan engagement, I, I absolutely believe that is the way to go because now they're telling their sister's mama's daddy's plumber, oh, Woody Overton, you know, so, which I, you know, always shocks me, but it is what it is. But It's a lot of work, but it's so important. I mean, people don't realize it, but, you know, responding and just it's a lot of work well you have to do all of it well and you get the response back like if you know someone dms us and you know we reply and in a thoughtful manner same with like email people will be like i didn't even expect a response and i was like i mean i think that is it might be to the point where you scale so big that you you can't i would say even no matter how big we scale i think we always want to have someone responding even if it's not us right now it is us 
will that last? I don't. It, it's very time consuming, and obviously the show comes first. Researching, writing for the show comes first. So I'm like, I'm sorry, I haven't answered your DM in 48 hours, and they're like, I was not expecting you to answer at all. <laughs> so exactly. I just have that. Like I used to be a big law attorney where I had to always be on, and so I'm like, I'm so sorry, <laughs> and they're like, we're not your boss, uh, but they are, right? Like so, I think that the listeners really are are kind of dictate that relationship, and like you said, once you have that personal interaction, it's so valuable because they're like your street team evangelist will tell everyone even more than they probably already were but I think it like energizes that up of like because you have somebody in your ear that it's a very intimate relationship that they feel like they're your friend well now they dm you and then when we go on tour and we have our meet and greets especially we recognize people by their screen names and we're like so excited to see them and it's like our internet friend and it's like and they're like you know me I'm like hell yeah you make me laugh like I love DMing you or like we love when you interact on our Patreon stream so we uh, get to facilitate that friendship kind of further once we're on the road you hit it when you said that they're just telling all their friends about it it's when you when you write them back I mean that's the most exciting feeling for them so they're gonna tell all their friends also, they send really good stuff. Like, the people will send us, like, very funny memes. or And I love it that they have kind of feel like, oh, it's, like, very casual. They don't have to be like, Christy and Heather are going to. And they're like, we saw this meme. I ate a capybara. Not a whole one, but I had, I was fed against my will capybara. I didn't know. And, oh, and I told the story on the air, and Christy was mortified, as she should be. I'm still mortified. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, they wouldn't tell me what it was. Like, just try it. But once I told that story, now, like, people, anytime there's capybara, a meme, or, like, a T-shirt or whatever, they send it, and they're like, I bet Heather likes this. And I'm like, come on, y'all. But it's very, like, an inside joke, right? Or in and outs an inside joke on the show. Or any, like, brands or uh, mascots, things that they see, that it just makes them think of us, which is awesome. And, like, like you said, well, I'm not going to be mad at you for loving me. Yeah, I'll take a photo with you. Like, I love you back. Like, And we always say that when people are like, we love you. We're like, we love you back because we couldn't do this. We wouldn't have you. a job if yes. it wasn't for you. <laughs> yes, so we, we love, love you, you very much. much. What's really crazy is how loyal they become. And then somebody, you know, some troll will come through and put something whole. I don't even really have to answer anymore. They kill them to the point I have to delete it. Right? They're like, then <laughs> they literally, you know, I'd be working another homicide. But the that personal <laughs> interaction is everything. You know, it is a lot of work, but I don't consider it work. Right, it's, it's it, me giving the love back, and I know God keeps blessing. Give the love back, they give it back, and they spread it. It spreads. Before we had you and 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 Cloud Ten in the sharing and everything, it was all organic, all word of mouth. And when winning the awards and everything, it's because these people, um, somebody told them about it. Right. We didn't have it. The, 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 the genius that you have in the cloud 10 and the, the cross promotional show. I'm serious. But every time we cross promotional shows, that's huge. The, the, the people come in and I'm like, oh, uh, I found you because of, you know, the drop on whatever, uh, uh, murder, whatever it may be. The, so it all works together. And, but it's, it's, you know, if you have a job you love, you never have to go to work. Mike. Sorry. Oh, sorry about that. We just uh, felt like we're having a conversation. You're like, we yeah, don't that's even what I felt like we were, we're chatting. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I want to talk a little bit about um, just pressure to create content every single week, good content every single week, over and over and over again. How I mean, how do you deal with that pressure? What do you What do you do? 
I mean, I think for us, we choose stories that we're passionate about and excited about. So like what he literally just said, you don't feel like you're actually working because we're going to be, we're, there's this TikTok conspiracy that we both got into and we were just like da -da 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 talking about it. And we're like, this should be a Patreon mini so because if it fascinates us that much, it's going to fascinate other people. And the same with, you know, it, stories in the news. We also let listeners vote on a topic if you're at a certain Patreon tier. So we give them choices that we would be interested in, right? We're not going to be like, Oh, we'll give you, you can vote, but we hate these. You know, it's going to be stuff that we would be willing to do and excited about. So I think that choosing something that we're already stoked to talk about, it makes it, it's still not like easy. I mean, we're writing, you know, we're doing tons of hours of research every week because we want to be factual, accurate, and do the story justice. But because it is a fascinating topic, I will stay up super late just anyway reading this so it's good that we then get to share that and then I think that excitement and enthusiasm comes across um on mic so it's uh, it all kind of plays into itself that's great. that's great the coming up with the good content every week it's tough uh, uh people ask me how I you know deal with all the things I saw uh, the bad stuff etc well I always fortunate because I could block it out so it's you know I'm gonna have to call one of my old cop buddies and say, let's go have a beer, because it, you know, he'll gonna tell me stories that I've forgotten about. So become more like that. So always uh, reaching, going and pulling old case files uh, uh, and stuff like that, and, and picking out different ones that I know will be interesting. So, but yeah, that's a real challenge. And you know, some things don't work. That um, that one of the ones I did had my case file, and it's actually you know a murder case, and I got to read all my transcripts, my actual interview interrogations, and told how it worked, well, people got bored with it by the end of the day. They didn't want to hear me reading that part. So you're coming up, I, I won't do one of those again. Uh, but that, yeah, that's a tough and it's a challenge, but it's it's just like researching in a different way for me, um, going back and riding around and seeing and reminding myself on another story. Questions? Yes. How do you decide to do a spin-off versus a series of shows within your own show and not really title it something separate and where it would be, say, a six-episode arc? For us, the current spin-off that we have, we wanted something that was more fun and that could be ongoing and that was a light lift for us. So it was kind of an easy decision that... If listeners are submitting their stories, that's a lot less work, and we can still focus on all the other content we put out. We've talked before about doing more of like a serial podcast where it is like six, eight, ten episodes about a certain case, and that's something I think we will do um, eventually. But for this one, it, we needed something that was a little more comedy-based and a little um, less time-intensive, so that's why we did that as opposed to uh, a more serial episodes. And we've done, uh, I think the most we've done was four on one yeah, case. We do, we do multi-parters occasionally, and I think Aaron Hernandez, we did a four-parter, and then we've done some three-parters, but, um, you know, we found that we kind of get bored after, like, the third episode. We're like, we're so tired of talking about Aaron Hernandez. <laughs> or Teal Swan, we just yeah, covered or, yeah, Teal we Swan from the deep end. three-parter on Teal Swan. Uh, but it's also because that's not what that show is. So if we go into it knowing like this is a 10 part series all about one case, I think how we would research and plan and pace that out would be different. So for me on Real Life or Crime, it's a little bit different. The, uh, I never know what type of show I'm gonna do, whether it's a, 
hashtag Justice Forward where we go in and solve cold cases. And those, uh, yeah, those are many, many parts to it. I had to put the human face on my victims' families and uh, build it up to, to the crime and then do a call to action. And we've been very successful in solving some. Um, but then I might just do a funny show from the Uniform Patrol days. I, I don't use any notes and I don't use a script on real life, real crime. It's just all comes out of the head. Or, you know, the when I said the one series didn't work, where I read the case file stuff, that's an exception. I've had a series go for nine parts called Monsters, and it was absolutely fire. Everybody loved it. But the So I never know what I'm going to do, uh, whether it's a you know, funny story or, or the last person put to death in the state of Louisiana that I got a confession out of. But Scorch Justice is totally different for me. My, my wife does... 99% of the research, but then I actually go to the, went to the scenes of the, uh, where the victims were murdered and everything like that, and then come back. For me to have that information, that's not, not my story, and to be able to take that in and put my uh, law enforcement expert spin on it is, is priceless. So. Um, quick question, kind of on a more of a technical level. I'm, I'm noticing, looking up here, I'm seeing obviously that you've got two separate RSS feeds for, for your shows, but your shows are both on the same RSS feed. Talk to me a little bit about what drives a decision to do that. What, how does that then impact, let's say, advertising or revenue generation? Kind of from from our perspective, those of us who are looking to do. I can talk about from from an advertising standpoint. Um, you know, it really depends on on you know there there are weeks where you'll have a zillion ads. You know, and when will they, we need well, we'll, have, we'll need both shows to have different ads. But then there are also weeks where, uh, let's say, a, an ad isn't uh, converting or working out, or they didn't enter in a promo code. Then we can use a bonus spot on the Friday episode, and hopefully that'll help drive a conversion. So I mean, so having having a, a second show has you know a strong show where people want to listen to, and there's demand for advertisers to get in. It's 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 been it's been great. And then you know we can and there's more downloads, which means more programmatic ads if you want to put in more markers. Um, so for this show, this particular show, it's 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 working out um, on the same feed, but it doesn't always happen that way. Yeah, we are one of our big decisions in releasing in the same feed was that we wanted to boost our weekly downloads. So because we have the same listeners and we're getting them out the same downloads, we essentially doubled our downloads for a week. And it's helpful because we rarely, but if we have a week off or something and we release a best of or we release uh, a live show, even though we do our uh, fresh introduction for our live shows, but when we release those in the feed, the listeners are also still getting something fresh. And it's not, like we said earlier, it's just not a heavy lift. lift. So even if we're off, it's something that we can double, triple record when we're already in the studio. And having it in that same feed, they're not disappointed, not going to listen. I mean, we still see amazing downloads on our live shows as well, which we did not initially, but I think once people listen back, they're like, oh, it's the same show. It's just people are laughing live along with you. So I think for us, putting it in the feed, it, like Christy said, it boosts downloads, and I think it also just keeps us popping in their feed twice a week because you get a push notification like Sinister had dropped something, Sinister had dropped something, and we also do a monthly Best of Patreon in our same feed where we take one to five minute clips of like five segments, three to five segments from Patreon and also put that in our same feed. So again, it just keeps us top of mind. It keeps the push notifications coming. But does it work for every show? Hi. Hi, Brittany. Hi, Brittany from BetterHelp. 
Hi. Hello. I don't have a question. I just wanted to say that all of you guys are really great at what you do, and we appreciate the partnership. Thank and you. And everyone thank in this you. room is really lucky to be hearing from these experts. So thank you for your You're time. so sweet. Thank you. Love thank you, Brittany. Appreciate you. Best in the business right there. Um, a, a lot of this was the do's, right? These the Scorch Justice, Freaky Friday, seems very successful. I was wondering if you could share any of the don'ts that maybe you've learned from other shows on Cloud 10 that maybe weren't as successful in the spinoff. We've, uh, are talking about other shows that we've done that were not successful in this, uh, we've tried that we're not. Yeah, uh, we've done one other show, um, is a show called Murderish. Uh, it's uh, Jamie Rice, it's an amazing, amazing show. And we did a spinoff. It's not necessarily a spinoff, but it's, it's called Dirty Money Moves, uh, Women in White Collar Crime. So it's the same host but, and uh, a similar genre, but a different, different style of show. And that was very successful. We, did, we employed the same tactics. And um, in fact, it's being set up uh, for a project for TV now. So, um, and and uh, we already have a showrunner attached. So that, wor that one worked also. Um, I'll let you know if I try one that doesn't work. <laughs> I think just in general, well, I think you can extrapolate a don't from straying too far from what you're doing. So if we were going to put something in the Sinisterhood feed that was way, way, way off base, completely different, not comedic based, doesn't have anything to do with the macabre, I think that would turn some heads. Unless it's, a, you know, a, we say, we're doing a feed drop for, you know, Scorch Justice, then they know what that is. But if we were going to just come up with a spinoff that was totally off the wall, had nothing to do with it, I think that that would absolutely confuse listeners, possibly be like, what are they trying to do? This is messy. So I think do, choosing one spinoff and doing it well, and then if, you know, you, like you said, continue it on for season two or season three. So just extrapolating from that. That's why Freaky Friday is in our same feed because it is so tangentially related. So don't go too off the wall, I guess. Yeah, for me, I, I remained independent for years of uh, and I, I think it's almost a year ago this week that I signed with cloud 10 and uh, it's not because we didn't have offers it's because we didn't like the people or the you know what have you now scorch justice I had never I'd have never done it it's his the cloud 10's brain power if you will on knowing what works okay and so again going from totally raw and unscripted to having somewhat of a script of a story that's not my own story, that wasn't my idea. <laughs> I can assure you that. But it worked. Uh, and they, 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 yeah, they did all the artwork and the music and that came out of his head. So, yeah, No, I'm not taking that much credit. No way. Uh, you're amazing, Woody. Um, any other questions? We'll wrap it up. Nope. Thank you so much. Really Thank appreciate you so much. We really appreciate you. Thank, you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for coming.